this generation under so much pressure held to a standard impossible to measure without guys they suffer no father in sight uh no love from their mother not the fin for the one in the mirror self-image distorted can't get no clearer damn lost soul devoured by the streets ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks by their feet only crack vials and shell casings looking for hope but they still waiting and i implore you to never give up and like pox said uh keep your head up and when your back up against the wall keep your boots to the ground and stand tall hold on and be strong and go against all eyes uh and keep your faith in god Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Liberated Mind Show. This is episode 14, and today we'll be speaking about uh, the most recent tragedy of 2020, and that is the loss of Chadwick uh, Bozeman. <sighs> the unfortunate, sudden loss of Chadwick Bozeman. I'm Kay, and this is James. Yeah, man. Um... 2020 been a hell of a year, man. A lot, a lot of losses. Um, let's jump right in. Um, how important are the performances by Chadwick Boseman to our community? I believe they're very, very important as some of the the historical figures he's played, fiction and nonfiction. Uh, they they hold a place in our, um, our, you know, non-fictional history as well as fictional history. Uh, by that, I mean the roles of um, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall. Those two are main roles that come to mind. And then there's also um, even James Brown. He played James Brown, which, you know, even during the Civil Rights Movement was known for... Um, like the civil rights soundtrack of I'm Black and I'm Proud, Say It Loud. So these are significant roles. And then when you bring it into the, the 2000s, you know, we have um, T'Challa, King T'Challa from Marvel's Black Panther. And that is basically what put him into the mainstream, even if no one heard of him doing um, the Jackie Robinson, because I know Jackie Robinson when he played Jackie Robinson that uh, made waves. But it wasn't until he did uh, his representation of King T'Challa from the Black Panther uh, Marvel series that he became a household name as that, you know, as that um, movie broke, it shattered records. I think it was the highest grossing Marvel film prior to the um, Avengers Endgame Infinity War movies. Hmm. It brought in, um, is it 1.2 billion? I may be off numbers wise, but I know it was over a billion, yeah, billion it was, dollars. Yeah, it was somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, what what I, I mean, we could just talk if we were just focused on just the um, Black Panther alone. That's enough to be a show. But like I said, I want to take into consideration the last few roles he did because I saw. I saw each of those movies of those uh, people he portrayed, and I was impressed. And even before he became the Black Panther, 
I always looked at him as, oh, this is the next Denzel. Because even though he may not have looked like those people, he portrayed them to a T. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed with the Thurgood Marshall movie. Yeah, I, I loved I loved all the movies, but like it was the Thurgood Marshall movie that really did it for me. Because there were some things that I didn't know. I, I, I can admit I'd never read up on Thurgood Marshall. I you know, I know of his impact in history. Mm-hmm. You know, being a um, Supreme Court justice, the first African-American Supreme Court justice. But it was just the fact that there was the involvement in how, like I said, everything that man went through and how, sorry, my light went out. <laughs> no, you good. How the, um, you know, government came to him looking, looking, looking for him to help um, represent you know, our people during times of need. Mm-hmm. And it just brought insight and it just educated me. Whereas, you know, I grew up, I, I learned about Jackie Robinson. So I knew what his impact was in the professional sports realm. And then James Brown, you know, grew up, family was bumping James Brown. So I already knew who James Brown was, but it was just, it was just something about that third Marshall role that really impressed me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to say, yeah, it's definitely, he left his imprint within um, our uh, our culture, and I just I just want to see him be not not that it would take anything away from him if it didn't occur, but he needs to be inducted into some type of um, Hollywood Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Cause he um. Yeah, it was like the roles that he played and listening to different interviews and stuff like that. He he lived like for purpose with everything he did. So even the roles that he took on, he tried to steer away from stereotypical type of roles. And he tried to take on more more of the roles that would impact our community in the highest, you know, fre- frequency and a and the best light. So I think that that always um, stood out to me. You could always, when you watch his movies, you could all, you, like you said, even though he didn't look like these, the people, you almost forgot that he wasn't them Mm -hmm. because he delivered that kind of performance where he threw himself into whoever he was portraying at that time. And mo- as like you said, most people are going remember him for Black Panther, and right. Black Panther. I believe for the children in our community, especially. I'm, I mean, it, it impacts everybody, but for the children especially, to see, be able to see themselves in that kind of role, like in in the superhero. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of environment, Wakanda this kingdom where like representation was everywhere. The women were the warriors. You get what I'm saying? Like they were, they were mm-hmm. the ones that were the, the, the main guards and everything. And that's powerful. That That's really some powerful stuff. And now like, it's unfortunate that, you know, that he's no longer here, but his work will live forever. So, so, 
is like like you said forever that i mean it's, it's when you put into that context forever i i truly believe that just um if you want to just say just in the mainstream as far as that marvel character he portrayed um how many times was it four times he portrayed him yeah civil war black panther infinity war and game right oh yeah i remember Man, it's got me reminiscing. But the first time I seen him went in that Civil War when he just came out the gate in that car scene, you're like, what? Yeah. Black, I didn't even know Black Panther was going to be in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Know, right, yeah. So, so it was just it was just good to see someone represent us in, in those films because, yeah, I enjoyed the films. I enjoyed all of the um, Marvel films, but just, just the fact that we had representation in there. And then when we got our own film, the, even the current culture he threw in there, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But also representative of African culture, it was it was something we we never seen in the mainstream before. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and he made it possible. And in all his interviews, calm demeanor. Mm -hmm. Not once did we ever see, you know, him become arrogant. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just to the point where. He just seemed like one of the most humble people you would encounter. And, you know, it, it, it's sad, especially knowing the circumstances that took his life away. And just just to also know that he gave us all of this joy while he was literally on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so like speaking of the, um, you know, him bringing Black Panther to the big screen, um, and we spoke on representation, but how important was that rep representation of T'Challa and uh, Wakanda for our youth? I think it, it was definitely, it was a necessity. Because, I mean, it's <laughs> in today's world, man, we have a lot of imposters and they could have easily given that role to anyone mm -hmm. as we've seen, you know, how they did with, um, gods of Egypt. None of them look Egyptian. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know he, was, he was in there too. And he, was, he wasn't uh, there. He, yeah, he was the, um, what was he? I forget, but he was like one of the gods in there, but like he ridiculed, Everybody else <laughs> in the movie. Like, I didn't see was... the movie. I didn't see the movie. I just, you know, going through his um, filmography, I saw he was in that movie. Mm -hmm. But it was just like Gods of Egypt. And I remember seeing the um, promotions for it. And I was like, what part of Egypt is this? <laughs> yeah. You know it, what I'm yeah. saying? It was, um, <laughs> it was definitely a case of Egypt so white. Because it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> The main reason right. I saw it though is because I heard that he was in it. A word. So because okay. I, because I knew that I found I found out he was in it, I saw it. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't like how how bleached everyone was, but mm -hmm. he he did his thing in there, and it was I'm funny because he was <laughs> he was like ridicul ridiculing all of them and stuff like that, and it was it was funny. That was that was like the saving grace of it. Everything else was ridiculous. I'm gonna have to jump on that one then. I have to jump on that, and then um, yeah, but yeah, 
like I said, it, it could have easily been representation such as that. We've seen the representation of the Ten Commandments, Charleston Heston playing Moses. Mm-hmm. So we, we've seen we've seen roles get whitewashed, yeah. and they could have easily gone that route, and they would have explained it because there have been in um, I think in the Hunger Games, I forget which character because I, I didn't read the books, but I know there was this outcry from fans when one of the one of the main characters, the little girl, the uh, black girl that portrayed one of the characters. They said, well, she's not black in the books. And that was, a, you know, they were upset about it. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's fiction. It's a fiction role, but that's what happens. With a fictional role, you can test anybody in that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we've seen them do it in non-fictional, so they could easily do it in a fictional role to where it doesn't need to be an explanation. Listen, this is fiction. Exactly. So like I said, for them to keep that, um, portrayal as it was in the comics and um, to see it on the big screen, especially in, in the way that they've been making these movies, it it, it definitely um, gave a lot of hope. I know like on Instagram you would see in some remote parts, like village parts in like Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, where you would see kids, you know, they would see the, the preview of the movie and they would make their own little cuts from it. And it'd be so dope. They'd be doing it with the little with the little um car toy cars or whatever. Yeah. They use cardboard or whatever. And it'd be like a side by side comparison and you'd be able to see stuff like that. I've seen a lot of those for like Bad Boys four. But the fact that it sparked, you know, it sparked that that um that energy into kids to say, hey, you know what? I want to do this now. And you don't know who the next director this is going to make. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it was definitely needed. And I'm, I'm glad that it occurred because now one of the biggest mysteries is who's going to play T'Challa now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I give it up to Michael B. Jordan. As Killmonger, he was the truth, man. Yeah. He was the truth. And I think even if someone were to come in and try to be Killmonger now, it wouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So as you know, in the comics, probably the safest route for them to go is for it to be his sister, yeah. T'Challa's sister. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like I said, I know I drifted off, but I definitely think that um, just, just the fact that we were able to witness this, um, it definitely was needed. And I think it did what it, it may not have intended to do so, but I'm glad that it did mm-hmm. it spark, you know, those seeds there, plant those seeds in, in the kid's mind. So we will never know what we're going to have in the future. Yeah, definitely. It was, yeah, definitely, um, you know, spark, like Pac said, one person might not change the world, but you're going to see, you might spark the brain of the person that will change the world. So. Mm-hmm. Just that that one movie. I don't know. I felt like after seeing it, because I went to go see it like four or five times. Not Damn, even gonna lie. You got, you got money. <laughs> it wasn't even that. I don't know. I got after I saw it the first time, it like instilled like this mm-hmm. pride in me. And I was mm-hmm. like, even though I knew like, you know, people people were saying, Oh, it's a Marvel movie. 
is not really made by us. But I'm like, mm-hmm. the fact that you can go to see to see a movie like this, where they're openly speaking truth in it about country stealing artifacts, mm-hmm. talking about colonizers and everything like that. And you get the representation where like the representation isn't whitewashed or it isn't all light skinned people playing these roles. You know what I'm saying? Like how they try to mm-hmm. it's either they fully whitewash or they do it to the best of their ability where they still won't get no backlash. But mm-hmm. this time they had all shades of people, of our people, you know what I'm saying, being represented in different kind of positions. And it wasn't like the typical thug or subservient roles and stuff like that. Everybody had their role, their position and everybody did their part. And it was like, I don't know. It was like, it was beautiful. Like, like you said, even Killmonger, like, he he was supposed to be the villain, but it's like you listen to stuff he's saying, you like, yo, he, he got damn right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It it was it was just one of those things, man. It was, it was a pow- powerful, so powerful. Mm-hmm. It was indeed, and I mean, I I went to the movies twice. That's all. That's all my pocket could afford. But I went there twice to see. It. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like like you said, it's. It's almost unexplainable, you know, how it made you feel seeing that to the to the fact that I'm a person that may go to the movie theater, excluding this year, <laughs> in, a, in a regular year without a pandemic, maybe three, four times tops, no more than four times a year. Mm-hmm. So for me to go twice just to see the same movie, yeah. um, it's... It, it doesn't happen often, and I'm I'm glad I was able to show that support in some kind of way. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so shifting from that one movie in particular, how inspiring was the fact that his purpose was to bring these powerful figures to life, while in fact fighting for his own life? Uh. One word comes to mind, that's destiny. Because for someone to be given 43 years of life and play those roles, that was his destiny. That's like his purpose was set here. Mm-hmm. And if you know his backstory with who paid for his schooling, it's almost like it was handwritten yeah. the way his life was. You know what I mean? With Denzel paying for it, his acting classes and stuff mm-hmm. to become who he became and to portray these, these historical figures mm-hmm. that, you know, that all not necessarily play a part, but without these historical figures, fictional and non-fictional um, being played, a lot of people wouldn't even know of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, it, it just goes back to his portrayal of these people was, I mean, he hit he hit the nail on the head in each portrayal of him. Because even, I know um, for the James Brown, I know James Brown, I believe his, they didn't get clearance. I know they couldn't use the music in the movie, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Because um, you would watch it 
And you, you know, when you see like these, it's not a documentary, but um, what do they call these types of movies? Uh, Biographical. Yeah, a a biopic. You you expect, especially with a musician, you expect to hear their their music. Mm -hmm. But um, this wasn't the case. So it was different in this case, but you still got to, you still felt James Brown's presence. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I, I just think it, it takes a hell of an actor to make you forget who they are. It's not once I was watching this and saying, yo, Chadwick, come on, man. You can do better. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. that's James Brown on the screen. That's Jackie Robinson right there. So mm-hmm. it's like he, he brought these characters back to life. And what would be interesting um, like I said, I just think it's his destiny. I think it was his destiny for him to be here and be able to do all of this. Because like I said, the average sick person going through chemotherapy, um, I'm sure you've worked with some people who've been going through, you know, who have cancer and has gone through chemotherapy. If you see them at work, they're drained. They look nothing like themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the fact that he was able to come in and for certain roles, he would have to build his, his muscle up. You know what I mean? Despite him being drained, having multiple surgeries, having his intestines cut out, all of that. And it wasn't until this year, April, and I I believe mostly that's due to the shutdown of the country, that we had seen a picture of him in a sixth state, Mm -hmm. which at the time we had no clues. As a matter of fact, I recall that vividly. I was telling my wife, I was like, look, I remember when that picture occurred. And I said, I saw the stuff people was writing. And in one of the comments I wrote, I was like, do y'all remember when y'all did this to Denzel and it was for a role? Remember if it's a hateful eight and Denzel was wearing these, um, these dentures. Mm-hmm. He was at a, I think he was at a boxing match at a uh, Mayweather match. And the camera cut to him and he's wearing these oversized dentures and the people started with all the memes. Mm-hmm. And Denzel was like, I don't have time. He's like, I don't have time to mess with that. So um, later you find out it was for the hateful eight. So when I saw him, first of all, everyone needed a haircut. It was in April. So mm-hmm. that meant nothing to me. But like I said, I saw the, the weight change in his face. And I said, maybe he's playing a role. Because, it, you know, with actors, they go up and down in weight. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to me that the man was sick. Never. Same but like me, I, said, I, I, was, I said the same thing. I thought it was for a movie role. Right. Not far-fetched, but, you know, you, you do have those assholes that are miserable with themselves and they like to poke fun at people's appearances. Mm-hmm. And I heard that it got to him to the fact where he turned comments off on his Instagram. And I said, what a way to repay that, man. Yeah. That that was upsetting to me. Just, yeah. to, just to find that out, you know, you know, once they announced his death that he actually had to do that, turn the comments off. You were just praising him last year and now you're mocking the man. And little yeah. did you know. That's why they say you never know one's battles. Exactly. And people went ahead and just for some shits and giggles make their comments. Little did they know how much of an impact it made on him in his final days. And I find that disheartening. That, that's sad. That's sad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. I, I, but overall, I, I'm glad while he was here, he, he got his flowers while he was here because I seen him on the um, what's that? Not Jimmy Kimmel. What's the what's the other show? 
with, with the um, roots. It's the in-house band. Fallen, something. Yeah, on his on his late night show, you know where he had the fans come and speak to the Black Panther picture and then say, "What, yeah. what would you say to Chadwick if he were here?" And they mm. were saying, "Yo, this is what you this is what this role did for me, your portrayal." And he came out from behind. He's just the coolest brother, man. Yeah, coolest brother. He seemed very humble. Right. Then uh, went back to Howard mm-hmm. for uh, graduation. Spoke to the kids, motivated them. Yeah. And like I said, he always had a smile on his face. Yep. So, so yeah, like I said, it's done. But um, when I when I think of him, there's not many actors I can think of. You know, especially maybe older, but especially like around our age group. There's not mm-hmm. many actors that I can speak of, you know, and think of and smile at their portrayals and what they did and, and be proud of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So I just think his destiny. He was sent here to do just just that. Mm-hmm. And he did it in 43 years. It's crazy. Yeah. I think of perseverance because, mm-hmm. um, I was watching this interview with uh, Clark Peters, who co-starred with him in um, The Five Bloods. Forgot about that one. Yep. Yeah. So he was speaking and he said that um, they were in Thailand and it was like 100 degree days and they was carrying like 40 pounds of equipment. And he said he had no clue that he was sick because he was doing all this. Like with mm. no problem, and he never complained or anything. And then um, Clark Clark Peters, he came out like he did one of the most real, like the realest things I've uh, seen. He said that he was thinking that this guy was like a prima donna or whatever. He didn't use that word, but um, I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. because he said he had like an Asian woman that would massage his shoulders when between scenes. And he had another person massaging his feet. And then his wife was there holding his hand the whole time. And he said, now looking back at it, mm. he, he wasn't being a prima donna. He had a support system around right. him. So his, he had a support system around him and still pushed through to try to make sure that these projects were completed and never, never wanted the focus to be on him and his health or to gain like some kind of pity or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to come in and do his job. And, and he did that. Cause they, it was, I seen a report, I don't know if it was true, but they said that he was so positive that he would survive that he was um, about to start training to put back on the muscle muscle mass for Black Panther 2 this month. Wow. So I'm like, that's like dedication, perseverance, and that's true faith. Like, he had like some true faith going on that he was just like, yo, this, this is what it is. And I'm sure that's what he had the entire time because when he got diagnosed with stage three, that was around the time of Civil War. Oh damn! His first appearance. Yeah. So mm. it's like, 
he was doing all this and you don't even know how long he really had the cancer um like inside his body so he could have been all of his main movies starting with um 42 on to like his uh final role that's coming out later this year he could have filmed all of those movies while having cancer and it's just like he found out in 2016 so for four years he chose to go out there and you know put on these performances and entertain us and you know all while fighting for his life and then also he would go and visit um kids that had cancer in the hospital and be smiling with them and everything and the whole time those kids don't even know that he's going through the same battle as them right because he just want he wanted to always be the spark he know he never wanted to diminish any kind of flame around around him he wanted to continue to be the spark and i'm like that's powerful because there's some people out here that don't care if they diminish somebody else's flame right that's a fact and, and what you just said is it, real, man. Because it's like he went out there, gave those, literally gave those roles his all. And it's not like 2016 he was diagnosed. So at that point, we've seen where they say, oh, such and such is taking a break, focusing on their health. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. And who knows? Maybe if he did do that, maybe he'd still be here today. But mm-hmm. there's some people who are just, like you said, their perseverance. And that 2020 took another one, Kobe. That mm-hmm. was the same. It's different circumstances, but it's still life cut short. Mm-hmm. Where you have these people so dedicated to their craft that whatever ailments their body or endure, they just put in the back of their head. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, I'm here to finish the job and I'm here to get the job done. Exactly. Ain't too many of those. Ain't too many people cut like that, man. Yeah. Ain't too many. That's true, man. Mm. Yeah, because some people, a lot of people, you know, if they can take, if they can take a break or have an easy mm-hmm. way out, they'll get carried off the court because they got cramps. They'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't saying no names. Yeah, no names. <laughs> but, um, yeah, everybody ain't got that in them, man. You take that That's special DNA. Yep. Yep. They make it born. Most definitely. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, I just want to um, ask you because that's what I was going to ask was because at first I was thinking maybe the five bloods. Well, in hindsight now, I was wondering why when that movie was being advertised, he wasn't like the main focus. I, I understand it was a Netflix film and it wasn't necessarily a theatrical release, but I was like, oh yeah, Chadwick in this. You would think, boom, they'd be plastering his face all over. But I noticed when watching the movie that he didn't have as much screen time as the other leads. Mm-hmm. Granted, because of the time, you know, the I don't want to give the movie away, but, you know, because of this present day and past, past time, mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it was, wasn't linear. But my point is, in hindsight, I now understand. Maybe that's why he didn't have so much screen time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that was his last role, but you said there's actually another role 
Yes, yeah, so Denzel. Yes, yeah, so Denzel that. produced um mm. movie where he um you know Denzel got that um producer thing for them. Was it some some kind some kind of uh, place that he brings to make turn them into movies? I forget the person. August something. But yeah, this one is called My Rainies or something. It's Chadwick Boseman, uh, Viola Davis. Oh. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, probably, it's coming to Netflix. All right, like the movie he did with Viola Davis. Yeah, the Fences. Fences, okay. So it's something like that? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be fire then. Yeah, but I don't, they said that um, they were supposed to release like a trailer. Mm -hmm. I think the weekend that he passed away. So then they like pushed it back. Right. I'm not sure, but it's supposed to come out later this year. Okay, looking forward yeah. to that. But like, yeah, because even in in the five buzz, I think they said that was um, filmed like a year ago, like last summer. So like, okay, you could tell like in the movie, like he was much smaller than he was mm -hmm. compared to like Black Panther, but he still looked, you know, healthy. So that must mean I'm I'm assuming that he probably worked out to right. get in shape as much as he could for that role. So I don't know. Um, I think the, this, his final film was filmed not that long after that. So I'm not sure if he was capable of even, you know, doing the same stuff or what. And I don't know how big of his role was in this movie. Gotcha. But, I, but I know like, he definitely wanted to do it as like a homage to Denzel. That's what's up. Huh. Yeah. So a lot of bittersweet stuff, man. And it's like, like you said, all those people that was making those comments when they saw the, when they saw like that video that he put up or the pictures or whatever, it's like, it's, it's like an everyday life. You don't know what people are dealing with. Mm -hmm. So don't make comments about stuff you don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just not. It's not cool because now people gotta look, go back and be like, "Damn, that was messed up." You can't change it. You already put it in the universe. Exactly. Well, I didn't know. Oh, what well, was it necessary? That's that's always a question you have to ask when when you're about to. Especially, it's easy. It's easy to do stuff like that on social media because it's no repercussions. It's like you go up there, say whatever you want. You can be this big ass, big badass person online because mm -hmm. you know there's nobody there to punch you in the mouth for staying and being disrespectful. Exactly. And people just get too comfortable with doing it. And like I said, for the fact of a meme, like um, people get paid for making memes. Yeah. It's sick, man. And that's that's part of the world we live in, though. Yeah, social conditioning. Fortunately. People living their um, best lives through social media because they can be somebody that they're not in real life. Mm-hmm. All right, so do you believe that um, – Chadwick Boseman was a catalyst for the increased inclusion of black actors in prominent roles in Hollywood? Hmm. That's a deep question. 
Um, as far as him, like him being amongst them, and or in what way? Um, just showcasing that people people would pay to see a black movie with black stars and someone someone black in a prominent role. Like you know, it was a time where, um, let's say it was a black movie, they wouldn't even put it in certain markets around the world. Whereas I believe okay. now, I think it's a, it's a little different. Well, I don't want to confuse it, but uh, I, I can say yes and no to that. And let me explain. Mm-hmm. I can say yes because, um, especially in this year, 2020, it's been a case where you had um, a lot of support for Black-owned businesses. And I think there's a movement going on in the country, the United States of America, to where we are starting to see, we're starting to see, not only see, but accept our value within society and the fact that we want to support. So there's this push to go out there and support Black-owned or anything where our face is. So, yes, I believe that Black Panther definitely proved that we made Black Panther the success it was. Mm -hmm. So that's just us. We didn't see how much power we had, but that's how much buying power we had, if not more. You know what I mean? But then there's also, there's still the, the very real reality of racism to where I know in certain European markets and Asia markets, was it the Black Panther where there was one movie where they said they took the black lead off? It was a black lead, black lead movie, and they took the black lead off and put up one of the supporting white cast. That was and they um, put the, who was it? I can't but, remember what movie it was, but I remember that they they. I think it was like a comedy or something. Right. Matter yeah. of fact, wasn't it that movie, um, oh, Couples Retreat or something, where it's Phase Out Love, and they took they completely took him and his girl, him and his wife out of it, and they just mm-hmm. kept like the the other three or four couples. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we still have that occurring to where they say, you know what, if people see a black face as the lead, or if they're not even the lead, they just know that hey, it's got. <clears throat> it's got black people in it. It's not going to do well in this market. Mm. Wait, so I think twelve. It was twelve years of slave too. Was that really? the one? What? Was that the what? one where it had Brad Pitt in it? Yeah, Brad Pitt was in twelve. He was the yeah. He was the magical yeah. uh, white I guy. Think, I think when <laughs> they yeah. I think when they put that poster over in uh, Europe, they had Brad Pitt's face like big and like the. Damn. The middle of the poster. I think that was. I think that was another one of them. Lupita, Lupita was like the main person, and that's who they put. Wow. So that's that's exactly why I answered my question is yes because we can acknowledge it, we've accepted it, and it's like all right, we're gonna go out and support. Mm. And there are even those who aren't amongst us 
that are saying, you know what? Hey, right is right. And they will support us now. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you're still a very large amount of racism in the world to the fact where it's just because in spite, just out of spite, not in spite, just out of spite because they see a black face, they'd be like, I, I can't support that. Mm-hmm. And they have to hide us in order to be successful. It's almost mm-hmm. like going in for that um for that job interview. If you have a, a white sounding name, there's been plenty of studies on it, you know, with resumes. They'll say names that sound more African American mm-hmm. don't get called back. Whereas names that are white sounding names, they'll get an interview, but when they come in, it's a different tune as well. Mm-hmm. I've, so, I've, yeah. I've experienced that. Because yeah, my name, they, they mm-hmm. I got I got called on plenty of interviews, and because um, a lot of the interviews I was going on was with Caucasian people, and you know Caucasian people are the real color people because they can't hide the colors on their face when they feel a certain type of way. So <laughs> I would walk in there, and they weren't expecting me. So their face would start getting kind of flushed and then other people's would start getting a little red and the interview kind of just didn't go right, like from the beginning. So I knew I wasn't getting the, the position, but I was like, huh. I was like, this is interesting because they made it seem like I was going to get it. But then when they saw me, I didn't match my name, I guess, to them. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, I've, I've witnessed that firsthand. It's 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 extremely um, interesting. That's all. That's the nicest way I can put it. That's the sad truth. That's the sad truth. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. No, but I think. Um, what, what was you saying? I was gonna say, what's your take? I was gonna say, what's your take on it? Um. I think as far as like the um the bandwagon studios in Hollywood, I would say that he kind of did spark something where people were kind of uh willing to take that that jump or that that leap or whatever, and they started testing it out, but like you said, if they can have that um savior white role in the movie and they're trying to put it in certain markets that savior is going to become the prominent star and they're going to put their name in these different markets mm. so it's like yeah it's inclusion but to what degree right and, and where where is it like forced compromise where like you're in these movies, but then you had to compromise for these the savior role to be included, and then you also have to witness when you go on these uh, tours to pro- to promote the movie, you're gonna see these different posters in different countries. So mm-hmm. when you see that, is it worth the compromise to know that these studios? while they're trying to pretend like they have interest in you and your culture and bringing forth these stories, 
they're not willing to fight enough to say, no, these, this is the star or these are the stars and they're going to be on the poster just like they are here everywhere. Right. So that's, mm. that's where that, the inclusion thing is like, it's, it's nice. It's nice and all, but what is it worth to, to, to be included? Like with uh, Chadwick, I believe that in his roles and everything, because of how he went about everything, and I believe because of his attitude and his humility, I don't believe, I don't know if he ever really had to deal with that. But I'm sure it's like, it's other people that may be in a similar position that aren't, aren't him. So when they, they're faced with this stuff and they think they're being included, right? it's like, what, what are they giving up in exchange? Well, you know, with the recent news of Tyler Perry, you know, becoming a billionaire, mm-hmm. we know that he has the Tyler Perry Studios. Uh, if once we see more of these, it's financial freedom. It's ownership. That's the key. Um, so once, you know, we will no longer have to compromise as far as okay. Hey, it's our say. We can do it this way. See how Hollywood's been doing it for all these years. Now we have our Hollywood in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's where like some of the biggest movies of this year was shot. Uh, what was it? Bad Boys, and I think Bad Boys Four and Coming to America too. Yeah, they're they're coming at the there. same time. Right. So you know we have these big movies our movies because these these aren't like mainstream movies. These are movies that we supported because I don't even think coming to America was a theatrical success. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was I think it became like a cult, a cult classic, so to speak. Yeah. But there's been enough push over the years to the fact that people want to see it in the movie theaters and I know we're gonna support it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like we have that ownership now. We have that financial freedom. And it, as long as that message is, you know, thrown out there, hey, this is how you can empower yourselves, is financial freedom. As a matter of fact, I seen a meme today, and it had, I don't know if you saw it. It was with um, was this person in a jail cell. They had a stick. And the stick was just long enough for them to reach through the, um, the bars of the jail cell. Mm-hmm. There was a loaf of bread. Did you see this one? Yeah. There was yeah. a lo- loaf of bread and there was a key. The loaf of bread said voting and the key said financial freedom. So he naturally was going for voting. Some people interpret it different. The way I interpreted that was, yeah, you can survive off of voting, but you want to do more than survive. You want freedom. And mm-hmm. financial freedom is what we need to be striving for. People aren't saying not to vote to make changes, but if you want to make the changes yourself, you need financial freedom. Otherwise, just sitting there and you don't know how many years worth of voting you're going to have to do in order to get just a 
just a budge out of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For what you think is going to help in yeah. your situation. So, like I said, I, I just like messages such as that being put out there to make people think. Mm-hmm. So, See, when I saw that, I interpreted it this way. Um, it was like he he went for the bread because he chose eating over uh his over freedom. He he chose he chose to get that meal because he feels like whoever he votes for is gonna provide that next meal. Instead of going for the key that's gonna unlock the unlock the uh the cage and let him out where he can be free economically and and have as many meals as possible provided by himself. Mm. You, get, you get what I'm saying? Like that's that's mm-hmm. how I interpreted it because they, they had the bread and the key. So I was like right. I was like, oh okay. So you lean into towards voting because you'll rather have somebody provide the meal than you get the meal yourself. Exactly. Exactly. It was it was, it was it's a powerful meme though. Mm-hmm. So I'm very optimistic that we're now, you know, waking up, so to speak, and saying, you know what, we don't need to ask for permission anymore. Um, we don't have to ask them to provide this. We, we're making our own way, mm-hmm. and we're providing, and we can call the shots now. And now we don't have to worry about it being a distorted message. We mm-hmm. can now have that message there and present it as raw as we need it to be. Mm-hmm. So. That's so. man. Yeah. Um, you know, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode. Um, once again, I'm um, resting power to chat with Bozeman. You know, it's sad we had to have this episode, like, you know, under these circumstances, but we just wanted to show love to the brother and, um, you know, peace and Wakanda Wakanda. This generation under so much pressure held to a standard impossible to measure. Without guidance, they suffer. No father in sight, uh, no love from their mother. Not the thin for the one in the mirror. Self-image disorder, can't get no clearer. Damn, lost souls devoured by the streets. Ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks by their feet. Only cracked vials and shell cases. Looking for hope, but they still waiting. And I implore you to never give up. And like Pac said, uh, keep your head up. And when your back's up against the wall, keep your boots to the ground and stand tall. Hold on and be strong.